If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is, I'm My husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. The Sunrise Project allows Black families, like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning and welcome to our weekly Sunrise Project call. I am happy you're here and I hope that you find a moment of solace and peace as we share and learn from one another in a safe space that is filled with love, compassion, and a mutual desire to heal ourselves, our families, and our children. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I am so delighted to have Sylvia High back with us today um, to share her precious knowledge and some gems as we are navigating this journey called life. Sylvia High is an incredible, incredible person. I am thrilled that she's here this morning to talk to us about staying senior to your circumstances. When she was here before, she shared around the topic of authoring our own story and creating our own narrative and just you know tremendously helpful advice and knowledge. Sylvia is the author of The Little Book of Big Questions, a journal of self-discovery, which uses pointed questions to guide the reader towards self-introspection, self-discovery, and outstanding achievement across all areas of life. She also runs the I Am Woman Conference, as well as the Game Changer Workshop, and she lives in San Francisco. Sylvia's going to share with us things around how do we stand above it all in faith and positive energy despite the challenges. 
how do we deal with the stress and our self-doubt and anger and fear at times? How do we not let those emotions overtake us? And so this morning, I'm just delighted and pleased to welcome back Sylvia High. And Sylvia, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I am actually glad to be here this morning. I am really excited to just take this time and talk with you all. The topic, as Kelly said, this morning is about staying senior to your circumstances. And we all know that that is a lot easier said than done. But what I've found in my life that that is really my point of power, no matter what is going on, is me really choosing as best as I can in every situation to stay senior to my circumstances. And the serenity prayer is really sums it up. If we didn't do anything but that, that is probably the greatest tool we all have, I think, to stay senior to our circumstances. There's a, a Bible verse, and I'm probably going to chop it up because I don't know the exact words and where it is exactly in the Bible. But it says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, think on these things. And when we are up against uh, tremendous stress, challenges, disappointment, overwhelm, hurt, anger, all of the emotions that come with some of the struggles that we have when you're challenged with our children or what we've been facing in this country for many, many years, but that is just ignited to the next level with the racial tension as an example. What I have found that really, really, really matters and works and give me strength is having being an intentional thinker that I am in control and the programmer of my thoughts. And the only way that I can do that is when I step back, when we step back and become an observer of our thoughts versus just letting our thoughts run the show and you know, our mind just do what it wants to do. We really have to stay in charge of our mind. And I may have said it to you all the last time that I was with you. There is a, a piece of work that I do in a course called the Masters. And we talk about how the mind is a pig. In other words, it'll eat whatever you feed it, right? It will just go wherever it wants to go if we don't take full control of it. And that's broad and that sounds good and it is very, very effective. But in order to be able to do that, we have to separate ourselves from our thoughts and know that we're not our thoughts. We're actually the generator of them, the author of them, and we're choosing to think the things that we are thinking. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And um, mine is separating ourselves from our thoughts 
that's pretty tough to do. But the first thing is to really own that, you know what, I'm not one with my thoughts. I am the author of everything that I'm thinking. And what it has given me the power and ability to do is become a self-observer. And when I'm thinking thoughts that don't work, that are sending me in a deeper spiral or increasing my anger and making me overwhelmed by being the author of them and the observer of them, once I observe and I'm separate from them, then I can really choose and direct what I'm thinking about. Again, a lot of what I'm sharing, you know, is not something that's just automatic or that we're trained to do. And when we're under tremendous stress or anger or upset or fear, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. But when we look at our point of power, going back to the serenity prayer, you know, is this something that I can change? If not, then we got to pray, God, please give me the strength to accept what I can't change. If it is something that I can change, yes, we need the courage to change it, but we got to have the mindset to change it. So renewing the mind, we hear it all the time, renew the mind, renewing the mind. And we think of it as an act, you know, oh, I've renewed my mind. No, renewing the mind is a daily ongoing process. And depending on the level of stress, challenge, or whatever it is that we're up against, we've got to renew it sometimes every five minutes. And then sometimes every hour. Sometimes, you know, we're doing real well and we don't have to renew it as frequently. Maybe it's every day. But that comes from really being extremely intentional about the things that we're thinking. The time to renew it is at choice point when we're actually in the moment of the upset, when we're actually in the moment of the fear, when we're actually in the moment of the anger, is to stop in that moment and replace the negative thoughts, the overwhelming thoughts, the things that has us spiraling downward. We have to stop in the moment and replace it at that time. If we don't, it germinates. It's once that seed is planted, if you notice, and we just let our mind start uh, going on whatever that thought is, it being a negative thought, it grows like these wildfires that we're dealing with here in California. So it's critical in the moment to stop and reframe, you know, okay. But again, separating, you know, what are the, what are my feelings? What are my facts? What are the, my beliefs about the situation? That is what I call locating ourselves. We want to first locate ourselves and ask yourself, what am I feeling physically right now? You know, how is my body? The moment in my case that my shoulders are up to my ears and tight, I know that now I got to check in and see what I'm thinking. Once I've looked at my body, your body is one of the first indicators for me, a great indicator, I should say, of how to really figure out what's going on with me. If my back hurts, shoulders in particular, and lower back, I then know that I am under some kind of stress. And then I have to say, okay, well, what have I been thinking that has my shoulders hurting and my back hurting this way? 
And once I'm able to locate myself physically, mentally, I look at those thoughts and see what I've been thinking, what have I been entertaining, what am I spending my time focusing on? And that will show up every time inside of my body. And then emotionally. So those are the three areas that are our locators. I like to call them, this is how I locate myself. I check out my body immediately if I'm having some kind of indicator in some part of my body, I know now to look at my mind. What am I at? What kind of headspace am I in? What are the actual thoughts that I'm allowing? And then emotionally, what's my emotional state? Am I angry? Am I pissed? Am I afraid? Am I overwhelmed? What am I actually feeling? And once I've done that, the other tool that I've found that absolutely, absolutely supports me is when I separate. So what are the facts here? What are my beliefs? And what are my feelings? And that is critical because what we oftentimes will do is take our feelings and our beliefs and turn them into the facts. And they can spend us out in a way that I can't even describe, right? So when our beliefs and my facts are collapsed, I'm not operating in reality. And when emotions are high, logic is low. I say it in a very crude way. When my emotions are high, my logic is in the toilet. (laughs) I can't think clearly. So I have to ask myself constantly, okay, let me just step back from this situation. What's the fact my kids skipped school today? So that's the fact. What's my feelings about it? I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm embarrassed. I'm you know, disgruntled, whatever the feeling is about it. My belief is, oh, my God, they're not going to uh, finish school, and then they're going to have a life that don't turn out. So that's an example of how we can separate. Well, so we don't go all the way there. The fact is they skipped school today or this week or for the last two weeks. So dealing with separating those three things is critical. What are my feelings? What are my facts? And not collapsing the two. And then going back again, I can't say it enough. You all, the foundation of the serenity prayer has been a life changer for me on so many occasions. You know, once I separate that, what are the things that I can change? Then put a strategy together, get support to make the changes I need. Then I can move forward. Otherwise, I live in that overwhelm of the feelings and the facts, you know, it's collapsing my feelings with the facts. So those are some of the critical things. You know, the word says bring every strong imagination that will rise up against the word of God into captivity. So the strong imagination, again, are those negative, negative thoughts. And when they start, we have to bring them into captivity in the moment. Because if they germinate, that's what really has most of us spiral down or start to get overwhelmed or have we have a stress level that is absolutely uh, seemingly out of control. And like, you know, we get despondent and start to feel like it's never going to change. So those are just a few of the key things that I think are critical as we look at ourselves when we're navigating 
you know, different life circumstances that are super challenging. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is putting yourself at the top of the equation call your life. And where most of us as women have ourselves at the bottom of the equation call your life, right? We have our children. If you're married, you have your mate, your husband, you know, job, this, that everything is else is at the top of this equation call your life. And what we have to do is be selfish because selfishness really enhances our effectiveness. But the world would tell us that, no, 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 everybody else comes first put everything else first. And then we're trying to deal with difficult situations with a depleted cup. You know, when we're tired and weary like that, everything's at a short fuse. My thinking isn't clear. My nerves are bad. I'm going to be short fused. Everything is escalated. So uh, really setting the boundaries with everyone and not waiting for someone else to give you permission to set the boundaries. So often we suffer in silence or we go above and beyond and too far of the giving, 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 giving. And in our minds, what we're actually thinking, can't they see? Why don't somebody see that I need some help here? Support me. You know, don't you see what's going on? We're waiting. That's what we're thinking. Like, the people in our lives, especially the ones that love us, could see your children, could see what you're doing and how much you're giving and how you're pouring out. Your mate should see. Your boss should see. Well, they may never see. The truth of the matter is most people are thinking about themselves, even our kids, even our mates, even the people that we work with. And what we must do as women is own our own voice, own our own power, and be willing to speak up and make the request. You know, these are my boundaries. You might not use those words exactly, but have the boundaries that you need to take care of yourself and prioritize that as number one. You know, you've dropped already so many wonderful gems. I think for me, it's, you know, the, when the emotions are high, the logic is low, that really resonated with me. And so that was, um, you know, learning to stay calm in the midst of a huge tornado, I think is quite Mm -hmm. challenging, at least for me. But that was Mm -hmm. super helpful. Just to remind myself, you know, to put myself at the top of the equation and all of what you said, I love the notion of accounts on the bolts. I thought that was also Mm -hmm. helpful. So thank you. Yeah. And Kelly, that's so real when for most of us, you know, you got the people that's cool. That's uh, the one I'm married to engineer. He processes and he's calm. No, no, I react. And then I come back to, (laughs) I come back to my good senses. But initially, if I don't use these two, I would go to 2000. People say go to 100. No, 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 no. I go from zero to 2000. If I don't use the very things that I'm telling you, I have to say, okay, so we take a deep breath. That's the first thing. Okay, what are the facts right now? All right, the person is late for the meeting. Or, you know what, I'm not going to make this deadline. 
That's the facts. Now, the feelings that my whole life and career and my reputation and my this and my da 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 everything after that fact are feelings or beliefs. And then how, what's the likelihood of all of those things that you just thought after the fact to come true? Oh, very low. And even if it did, what's, what can you do about it? What's the worst thing that can happen? And then I can get myself back to logic. But I have to take it. And if I know we've heard it, and it may not seem like a big deal, and you may have heard it a thousand times, but one short breath, one short breath can start to center ourselves. And then my next question is, what are the facts? Because I got to get my emotions under control. And then when I start looking at the facts, I notice the emotions start to come down quickly. But if I go straight with emotions, guess what? It escalates, escalates, escalates. And I'm still spiraling and spiraling on something that really is not as big of a deal as I'm making it. And there are some things, let's be real, especially when you're dealing with things with your children and their well-being and their health, they are a big deal. And these three things, what are the facts? Right now, they're okay. You know, right now, they're have, right now, they are having a challenge with depression or drugs or whatever it is. That's the other thing that I would say. Uh, visualization is key. Don't look, and this is where faith comes in. And I can imagine, you know, I have not had a child that, has been addicted to drugs, but my first cousin, who's like a brother cousin, was addicted to drugs. But for years, his whole teenage years, nothing. And then early 20s, got addicted, right? And it was very, very obviously overwhelming. But what we had to do is deal with the facts in order to get me straightened out because I kept dealing with my feelings and my emotions and my beliefs, you know. Right now, he's okay. Or right now, he's not okay. So a question I ask myself constantly that I'll ask you all to ask yourself, what am I pretending not to know? And that question, ugh, I don't like the question, but it's so revealing. And when I use the situation with my cousin, what I kept pretending not to know is that he was an addict. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And I kept trying to, I kept relating to the person that was a non-user for the majority of the years that I had known him. And as long as I pretended not to know that he was fully, full-on addicted, I kept relating to the other person, expecting him to keep his word, expecting him to do what he said. And guess what? The disappointment continued and the ability to support him I wasn't effective because I was doing things that you wouldn't do 
with the person that you know had this kind of illness, right? So that's a question that I would ask you to continue to ask yourself. What are you pretending not to know? Are you Mm -hmm. pretending not to know that you're embarrassed by what's going on? Are you pretending not to know that you're anxious? Are you pretending, what are you pretending not to know that you care about what other people think? What are you pretending not to know? I'm at my wit's end. What am I pretending not to know here? I don't know what the hell to do. You know, like that, I'm constantly asking myself that question whenever I find myself stressed out. That's another go-to for me. My Mm. first one is a deep breath. The second one is what are the facts? What are my beliefs? And what are my feelings in this moment? Another question that I constantly ask myself is what am I pretending not to know? A third, and I know I probably shared these with you before, but I'm going to share them again because it really kind of gets you in the center of the facts. What's working? What's not working? What can I do differently? Or we can do what worked, what didn't work, what did I do differently, or what should I do differently? Those three questions really support us in staying centered in the facts and not letting our emotions take us away. What we don't want to do is stuff it. Mm-hmm. Stuffing does not work. That's why I ask that question all the time. What am I pretending not to know? You know, uh, what's eating me? What's eating at me? A lot of times if I start eating, well, I eat for a lot of reasons because I love good food. But, you know, and I'm saying stuff can start. So what am I pretending not to know? No, we're not pretending and glossing over and, you know, acting like things are fine when they're not. We have to tell the truth. You know, it's bad. It's tough. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm intimidated. I'm embarrassed. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. Because the truth sets us free. And the truth of the matter is we cannot shift what we're unwilling to be with. And you've heard it before, but it's absolutely the truth. We're as sick as our secrets. Now I'm not saying get to the mountaintop and tell your personal business to anyone, but at the very least you gotta be emotionally honest with yourself. And ideally you have some good confidants that you can tell the truth to. Because minus the truth, we can't shift that. Does anybody have any more questions? I'd like to answer those. And then I'll just give you four or five things that I use to support myself in real time to be senior to my circumstances. Um, COVID, I, I can't say enough about it. Um, the best, One of the best decisions I've made in my life, believe it or not, was during when COVID first hit. I was in New York the week the NBA shut down. So my whole life turned around on a dime and I had to figure out how to get back to California, on and on. So I get back, you know, petrified on the plane and all of that. And then that first morning walk after COVID, what I talked to you guys about last time is what really has me in the mind, the headspace that I'm in right now during these times. I said, I got to declare right now and decide exactly who I'm going to be through this thing called COVID and how I'm coming out of COVID. 
So I made a declaration of what my business would do during COVID, how I would be emotionally, mentally, and physically during COVID, and how I would end up at the very end of this thing whenever that comes, right? Now, I declared that and started in action, walking every day, you know, on a good headspace, doing really good, feeling very positive. Didn't really want to talk to too many people because my experience was very different than what the world was having because I was producing and creating some pretty amazing stuff very quickly in a very short period of time. And I know that had everything to do with what I declared because I knew if I didn't author COVID, it was going to author me. So I authored it. Now, let me tell you, declaring and authoring is the easy part. Guess what I have to do every day is narrate the situation. Narration is constant with me all throughout the day because the truth of the matter is this thing has been going on a long time at this point. So now my narration, so that that thing that I declared in March is still my reality, I'm having to narrate all of my conversations, the words that come out of my mouth, because words are things, as Maya Angelou would say. And I say it this way, words are power, and they're like magnets. They will draw things to you. And I know what I want coming to me. And I won't speak it if it's negative, it's not coming out. I will acknowledge where I'm struggling or challenged right behind the acknowledgement is then an affirmation. So I'll stop with that. And then I'll give you the five steps. But if anybody has any more questions, I'll answer any questions. Good? That's really good. One thing I'd love for you to touch on again, and you touched on it a little bit um, when you were responding and sharing with the last caller. Um, And the last time we talked about was really getting rid of the arrogance of what we believe success is. And I think for so many parents that Mm -hmm. getting over that hump of what society deems should be for our children when it may not be, like everybody may not Mm -hmm. go to college, everybody may not, you know, finish high school. And to the point earlier at the end of the day, what's most important is a healthy child, a healthy human. And so in getting over that arrogance and not comparing ourselves and our situations, I think it's so important. So if you could just touch on that piece, because that's been a journey for me. Okay, good. I'm going to go through. So let me, that's one of my steps. Okay, uh, Kelly. So I'm going to give you that. And that's the last, that's the last step. So I'm going to give them all to you. One is meditate. Find a way to do it. Nothing fancy. Don't go for the deep and all of that. I have a friend right now that does 10-minute meditations on a daily basis for people, and they're awesome. Yours might be five. It's just be quiet, sit still. So I like to listen to very soft music when I do mine. But for me, it allowed my inner voice, in my case, I call it the voice of God to get louder. One of my prayers right now, and this might serve a lot of you, is God, please allow your voice to be the loudest voice in my head. Man, that has made a difference. And then be quiet and listen to the voice, but your voice to be the loudest voice in my head. Let me see myself, my children, and my circumstance through your eyes, not through my eyes. And let my heart be filled with the love of Christ. So those are three things that I meditate on every morning. 
The second thing is questions that reveal the truth. That's the second thing. Not what's wrong with me. Oh, my God, how is this happening? Oh, where did I fit? Those questions just keep you spiraling downward. So revealing questions, what's going on? What am I here to learn? What is this here to teach me? You know, why am I experiencing such an enormous amount of stress or whatever that would revealing questions. The third is what you talked about. Um, choose love. It's the most powerful force on the planet. And in particular, unconditional love. Most parents and most people don't want to face up to it. We, most of us do not love unconditionally. We love conditionally. I want you, you know, I got better acknowledgement from my parents when I did well. And I got, you know, a piece of their mind when I was doing wrong. And when children are up against the kind of things that some of you are talking about, they must experience your love for them, them as a being, human being. Not if you're a good boy or a good girl or if you do the right things or if you stop doing the drugs, if you start going back to class. Uh -uh. I love you. That is critical that we and the way that that has to happen is when we say I love you, it has to be a standalone. It cannot be attached to a request or correction. I love you and I want you to get good grades so that you have a good life. Uh, You just canceled out. I love you. So I think that's critical. It cannot have an attachment to it, not a request or a correction. And now I'll talk about that. Who are you raising? Are you raising an artist, a creative, but you're raising them like a scientist? Or are you raising a scientist and you're treating them like a creative? They need more information, more direction, more hands-on, more guidance. Are you raising a creative that needs more room to create and to be validated for their creativity? And what's the best your child can be? Their personal best needs to be good enough, period. And if there's ever a time I say to people to own the fact that I am a contribution that each of us as human beings should own that we're contributions and I beg people don't compare and don't compete. Just look at your gifts, run your race and contribute what you came to contribute. That's really what you want for your children. Also, what did my child come to this planet to contribute? What's the genius that they were born with? What are the gifts that God has given them? What is their unique journey that they've been put here to to do? But when we get in that competitive mindset, start to compare our kids to other people's kids or compare our kids against what society says was is, is the best way to be. Mm-mm. Self-defined. You got to give them some room to be them, their authentic selves. And I'm not talking about the things that are hurting them. But a lot of times what leads to the rebellious behavior, if you will, is because there's some level, a message, 
has been sent that who I am is not enough, that the way that I am isn't good enough, and I'm not being accepted for who I am. And it and and that's huge because you can be providing the best of everything. And this is the, what I see with so many parents. They give them the best of schooling, the best neighborhoods, the best. Every generation should do better than the last. But does your child experience, not know, because there's no human being on the planet that does not intellectually know that their parents love them, or do they experience your love for them? And if you want to put a cherry on the top, have them not only experience your love for them, but experience themselves as adored. Let me tell you, you got it made. Maybe I'm not going to say that the hardships of whatever issues, but that is such a huge piece. My father was a rolling stone, right? He had more infidelities than I could ever count. But guess what? It drove my mom crazy, but I experienced myself as loved and adored by him. When he walked in the door, where's my beautiful chocolate chip? Where's my, and the whole, everything stopped. And it was all about me. And then it was all about my sisters. And we all experienced ourselves as loved and adored. And they weren't able to provide some of the things that we're now able to provide for our children. But it became their greatest weapon against me, in particular, being exploited by other people. I had no need to be validated by my friends because the people that mattered the most, I'm getting emotional, excuse me, um, had adored me so much that I couldn't do anything wrong. And when I did do wrong, my mother was hard on the issue and soft on the person. You know, you're a great girl, and you don't get to do that. You're very, very smart, and that, you know, so she was hard on the issue, soft on me. I could go on on that one. But anyway, who are you raising and raise that person? We all had the same mother. She did not raise us the same. I very rarely got a spanking. Choose unconditional love. Who are you raising? Raise that person. And then grace is your best friend for yourself and for your children. You know what grace is when you know better. You know how you know better and you don't do better, you know better and you don't do better. When we know better and don't do better, guess what God does? He gives us grace. But when we know better and don't do better, you know what we do to ourselves? Self-loathe, criticize, beat ourselves up. For most of our super achievers on the phone, I would say to yourself, say to yourself, hello, human. Allow your humanity. Don't dare take your humanity away from yourselves. And I think we do that. And that's that's only step three. Fourth is faith. Look at what is. Uh, don't look at what is, but look at the vision of what can be. And I would think on those things. And don't grow weary in your well-doing. I know it's hard. You may have children that have relapsed over and over and over again. But whatever you got to do, to whatever extent, reach for help, meditate, hot bath, whatever you got to do to just keep yourself going. And number five is disregard others' opinions. Mm. Disregard others' opinions. 
you want to self-define for your family. You define, you make the definition of what a good family is. Don't let your friends, the world, tell you what a good family looks like. Yeah, and I've already said it. Look at who you are raising, you know, the artist versus the scientist. Do you have a sensitive spirit that you're raising? Do you have a bold spirit, an independent thinker? I'm not motivated by challenge. That disempowers me. You got to affirm me into what I want to do. My sister is very competitive athlete, so she liked the challenge. That made her sore. But if my mother challenged me to do something, that made me become disempowered. I'm challenged by affirmation, being affirmed and acknowledged. And so the real question I ask, another question I want you to ask yourself, what will make my son rise? What makes my son rise or daughter rise? And um, double down on the talking and triple up on the listening. And then lastly, affirmations. They're not corny. Every tool that you can get. Radical situation requires radical action, radical intentions, radical. And it's in real time. It happens in real time. That's the only way we move the needle forward is in real time, making, taking the breath in real time, in real time saying what are the facts, when is actually happening. We can't do what we always do, in my case, get overwhelmed and think I'm ever going to be able to control a situation or find calm or find peace if I continue to let my feelings run the show versus having these powerful, clear intentions. So that's really what I have this morning that I could offer. Um, And just keep praying, keep praying and keep visualizing and knowing it will get better. Wow. I am so speechless and so blessed and grateful um, for all of that, Sylvia. As you got emotional, I got emotional. And I just want to thank you so much for being here this morning. You have just poured into us so beautifully this morning. I really appreciate it. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's an honor. And Kelly, you know, it's so beautiful to be here because you mentioned that you wanted to do this for your son and other mothers. I remember when it was a conversation and now here we are. So keep doing it. Keep doing it. We need each other. We need each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I pray thank for you, you, you pray I, for me. Mm-hmm. And everybody here, absolutely. Um, and the other funny thing about that is we talk about divine intervention. And, you know, I've shared that story before, how my computer died. And I had a whole presentation and slides and a plan on what I was going to speak on. And my computer died. That was nothing but God. Because then the whole thing yes. came out, tears and all. So, you know, I uh, I believe in that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. If I can get mm-hmm. myself together, I will end in a prayer. And uh, and uh, so give me one second. Mm-hmm. Take your time. Oh, help. Well, thank you, Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Okay. So thank you, Father, for allowing Sylvia High to pour into us so powerfully this morning on how to change our own narrative, author our own story, love our children unconditionally, say I love you as a standalone. Father, help us allow our children to travel on their own journey, not what we believe their journey might be. 
help us understand who we are raising and help us double down mm -hmm. on the talking and triple up on the listening. I love that. Mm -hmm. Father, help us speak truth on what we desire. Mm -hmm. Father, we know you will make sure our children are healthy, our children are whole, and that we will overcome. By the power of God, I know you will keep our children safe. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your blessings today and always. Amen. Amen. Thank that you was so much. Kelly. Thank you, that Sylvia. Was thank you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Sylvia. And uh, yeah. we will be back next week. Thank you so thank much, you, Kelly. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank Sylvia. you, Kelly, for your bravery. Thank you. We love you. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time or email at info at NAMI.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.